Hello, and welcome to episode 124 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. In this episode, we have an interview with Storm Smith, writer and publisher of Bunyo Books. Storm is a writer and publisher from the Carolinas. He's written screenplays for the Rocky Heart films, graphic novels the, uh, for the pack, and was published by Dark Horse Comics. In 2006, he formed Bunyo Publishing LLC, which has published a half dozen books, including the ALA-nominated Light by Rob Charm. Bunyo is currently distributing by Ingram Consortium out of Minneapolis. This is Matt, and I'm joined by my Constructing Comics co-host, Noah. Hey there. And Storm, thanks so much for, for joining us. We've been, uh, we've been pals on the, the con circuit for, for a while, but it's nice to, to finally have you uh, on the podcast. Oh, well, thanks for having me. I was thrilled. Uh, I've listened to you guys a few times and have enjoyed it. And I always enjoy running into you on the con circuit. You guys hit all the best ones in the in the Southeast, sort of like me, I think. Oh, yeah. I think we met at um, Heroes Con in 2018. I was just telling my wife about it. I think we were in the elevator together, just walking in. And uh, that's when we started up a conversation. And uh, ever since then, I've been a I'd met um I'd met Ulysses actually at New Jersey Comic Con in um in 2017, um, but I didn't know that he had a publishing company with you at that point. Well, it was sort of a uh, it just came up in 2016, and uh, it was an opportunity to work with Magnetic Press that he had been offered because he's such an unbelievably talented artist and writer and, and just creator in general, and uh, I had been looking to do some publishing and just worked out we could work together on it that's awesome did you guys know each other from other comics work uh i had met him at heroes con uh i was in a dark horse anthology once upon a time machine that was put together by the locust moon uh comic store out of philadelphia that's sadly no longer around but was wonderful and uh i met him through them and we kept in touch for years just what are you working on and eventually came up with something to do together and uh, it was Bunya. That's awesome. Very cool. So was the, uh, the screenwriting a pursuit b b before comics or was it a, a combination of, of all things? Well, my son was born when I was 19. So I sort of put off the writing. It was always a dream and put it off. And then I, I uh, had a couple pitches picked up by the pack a graphic novel publisher by run by uh, uh some wonderful people and i had a pitch that they had turned down and i just happened to run into a movie producer and he loved the pitch and paid oh. me to write the screenplay and uh did a, another couple screenplays for uh some film student friends of mine which uh still counts uh but uh it it was a great learning experience, but it was strictly by accident. I was trying to sell a graphic novel, and uh, instead of running into an editor for a comic company, I ran into a uh, movie producer. That's awesome. So, so that, that's interesting, because we rarely have people on here that started out in comics and then switched over to screenwriting. It's usually the other way around. Like, there's always been a love of comics, but that's really cool. I've, like Matt's, Matt and I always say, it's always great to hear all the unique backgrounds of everyone that comes on here. Well, I was lucky. I, I was sort of dejected. I went to the, uh, oh gosh, what is it? The uh, C2C the day before Art Spiegelman was, uh, who did mouse, of course, was, was speaking and always great to hear a Pulitzer Prize winner. And 
was in this room with all the big heavies in the comic industry. None of them would give me the time of day with my pitches and all my book, you know, everything there to just hand out and, and, uh, they talked to me. So I was dejected leaving and, uh, had a cab pull up in the snow and I, I was sort of like, well, I'll just walk back to the hotel, screw it. And, uh, I get offered my cab to this uh, English gentleman behind me. Turned out he was a movie producer who insisted wow. we share the cab. And he's like, before the end of the two mile ride, he said, can I see some of your stuff? And called me the next day at the con. And the rest was sort of a, uh, the movie never made it past pre-production, but it was a great experience. And, uh, got to talk to some really interesting people. Bob Mahoney, another producer I worked with on it, uh, had been to Ridley Scott's house and he's telling me, you know what Ridley Scott's house is like? And he's like, well, I don't want to take up your whole morning. And I'm like, Hey, trust me, you can take up <laughs> the morning the next day. If you go, cause I didn't realize, like he said, Ridley Scott started as an artist. So yeah. it's just all kinds of stuff that you sort of, if you're lucky and in the right place at the wrong time, sometimes good stuff happens. That's awesome. Man, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so Noah has pointed out that a couple of folks that we've talked about have sort of done the reverse where, you know, it was the, the love of film and the love of movies um, and, you know, either budgetary concerns, they, they, they turned it into graphic novels. You did a, you did a little bit of a different, uh, different switch there. Did you sort of have to like do like a, a deep dive and grab some like screenwriting books uh, to, to figure out uh, how to, to switch up the format or were I you had still... the, the basic no no it wasn't that I was very lucky that how I was originally writing comic scripts was just like a movie script uh pretty much and then that got corrected when I got the graphic novels picked up from the pack because Lee Nordling who ran it and Barbara Kiesel who edited Watchmen and and pretty much everything great uh, Hellboy Sin City, they just beat me up and, and taught me how to really write for an artist and how you properly write a comic script. So by the time that opportunity came along, uh, I'd had two years of working with great editors and comics and, uh, and pretty good knowledge of how to write a screenplay. So uh, you know how it is one good book on it's about all you need. Wow. That's cool. impressive. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause no, it, we've it, always, we've, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it's just like William Faulkner said, it's the easiest form of writing it really is. I mean, you don't have to give quite the detail you give an artist. There's, there's no exchanging of the minds because you know, the director's going to do what, whatever he wants with it anyway. So uh, you're just, you're just getting down the details and the words. Did you ever get to the Comic point where writing I was... to me is by far the hardest. Really? Did you ever get... for... I'm sorry, go ahead. Two because you're writing for audience and uh artist right but i'm um, sorry matt go ahead no, that's okay the, uh with the movie did you ever get to the point where it was uh storyboarded uh to see it sort of put in that medium that's very close to the comics no i never got to that point i got as far as i think doing some pre-production work and then the the producers had a falling out uh over uh, of all things burgeoning social media which uh, huh. one one was all for it and one was against it and uh, wow that's how it happens sometimes and uh not to backtrack too far but you were talking about working with those comic editors how did you get involved working with them uh 
I got lucky with that. Uh, I was working selling ice cream, Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Uh, uh, somebody came in into a Wall Street Journal down on my desk said Platinum Comics will is taking pitches from anybody, and I, I qualified. You know, I was any any old body, and uh, I had one a western I'd been working on forever, which I still think would be great. Uh, if I could ever get around to doing it and, or somebody to pay me to do it. Cause, uh, it, it is work like they say, but, uh, uh, and I sent in a pitch to them Well, that it was too late for the platinum contest, but the editor in chief there, Lee Nordling, who I mentioned was leaving and starting his own company, the pack. And so he took me and two of my pitches with him and, uh, best thing that could ever happen to me because Lee Nordling uh there's some great articles he's done on pitching and stuff out there and Barbarando Kiesel and his whole team were just all all uh just up there in comic book knowledge you couldn't ask for better teachers too bad I wasn't a better student <laughs> that's I mean how can you not learn though that's amazing like that just to have that opportunity I'm sure just any kind of uh information was good information during that time oh yeah and sometimes it's just too much and it, it doesn't hit you to five years later that, Oh, that's what they meant. Oh, wow. But uh, some people are fast learners. Some people are slow learners and some have no idea how they learn. Uh, and I, I'm sort of in that last category, but eventually I think it, if it's something you really care about and you're doing it, you know, that good advice eventually sneaks in there. You just can't always put it to use all at once. Like you'd like to. Uh, which is what most people want to do. Yeah. So you also um, you also had a story you said earlier in a, a Dark Horse anthology. Uh, yeah, uh, digital webbing and and Locust Moon were putting it together, and uh, I thought it was going to be from another publisher, but uh, they rejected one of my pitches, and I had fifteen minutes on my lunch break, so I I I can't, it was uh, sci-fi takes on fairy tales, so I just went ahead and found the shortest fairy tale I could, which was sweet porridge about the little pot that won't stop making porridge. unless you know the magic word and uh, adapted it. And thank goodness they took it because that's uh, still my only published work that isn't self-published. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's awesome. I've met a lot of people, uh, a lot of people at SPX who worked on that anthology are there every year. Oh yeah, so, great people. Yeah, yeah. I think I've been. I think I got a couple of signatures on my trade. Uh, I think for the sequel anthology, I have that trade. Um, about oh the yeah, that was a great one. Yeah, and um, so then there. That's where you met uh, Ulysses, and you met. Did you meet Eric there as well um, on that anthology? No, I can't. I guess I'd met Eric at SPX when Light came out. Uh, okay. So 2016 SPX and. Uh, They've enjoyed knowing him ever since. They're all, they're both great guys. And uh, it, it's sort of, it's fun hanging out with them at conventions. Yeah, <laughs> they're both, they're both cool. I think I met them both at New Jersey. And um, so what was the, what was the first title that Buño printed? Uh, Light by Rob Cam, which ended up, uh, it won the National Book Award in the Philippines before we ever got it, wow. which is always a good sign. And then uh, it got nominated for an ALA, uh, American Library Association, which outside of the Eisners is probably the best. They're probably book trade and direct market, you know, it's 
the the difference and uh it was nominated for a best silent book wow and uh it didn't win but it's still nice to be nominated and and it sort of set the ball rolling for the type of books we felt we could do better uh staying in that sort of younger reader genre i love that book it's one of those books uh probably my favorite book that I got from heroes con where I met you um, because I, I, I immediately looked at it, looked through it. It got, you know, just entranced with the story. And then I took it home and I showed it to anyone who would look at it. It's uh, and everyone I showed it to loved it. It's such a good book. And uh, like you said, so easy to access um, as like from a personal standpoint. Oh, well, I, 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 Rob is amazing and he's got the sequel we're going to do coming up lost. Uh, which will be out in September. I postponed it. It, it was solicited in this month's Diamond, but uh, uh, just due to Corona uh, uh, and everything else, I figured it's better to to push it back a little bit. But uh, it's such a great. I I I can't tell you how many wonderful stories like that, like you just told, you get from that book, and that that's sort of what publishing's all about. It's it's giving people that experience, and to find a book like Rob's, it may not have made it out of the Philippines and got got the eyes that it got uh thanks to to uh to uh, folks like you who who showed it to others <laughs> so it's a great book and like and it's it's easy to access and um makes great gifts anyone listening out there it's a it's a good gift to give to people yeah i'm sold out but it's on amazon it's, yeah it's there for the for the taking yeah i remember noah flipping through his his copy on the car ride back and we were just sort of uh you know, I was driving, so I was paying attention to the road. But the, the you know, the uh, the print quality, the 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 darkness of the of the of the print, and how how vibrant the colors were. I, I remember how striking that was. Well, Mike Kennedy, who helped us put it, who who was really the brains behind all of the the first three books that we just sort of wrote along with Magnetic Press and Mike Kennedy, and uh, and the black was so black it was sticking to the pages that that the they'd never used a black that dark before and, and it was leaking. So they had to go back and sort of figure it out. And uh, thankfully we had good printers and they did, they, they made that it, the blacks are, are so dense and, and the colors really pop on them as you, as you guys can attest. Yeah. It's um, and I remember you telling me that, that yeah, like the, the first printing or whatever had that stickiness issue and um I, I'm kind of weird that way where like, I just love hearing stories about every aspect of the craft of making comics and printing is something you rarely, especially in indie comics have control over. Um, and uh, that you were able to maintain that control of the quality is, is pretty great. Well, Mike is, uh, like I said, magnetic press. If people get a chance to pick up their books, they're wonderful, mainly because Mike is, he's a craftsman. He knows how to put mm -hmm. books together, how to select them. And there's a lot to it. My brother works in printing, and uh, he, he loves to talk printing when he, he runs into somebody who's interested in it. So if you ever run into him at the cons, he, he can tell you, he was so proud that he got to print uh, somebody like John Bergen's and, and Jason Latour's uh, uh, many comics and, and the heroes stuff. And it's just fun for them. I think when they get to work on something a little cooler than uh, pamphlets. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so what was the, uh, what was the, what was the book after, after, uh, after um, light? Well, uh, we did cloudy and Rex with Ulysses Farinas and Eric Freitas writing. And then Daniel Irizarry, uh, the artist on it 
and uh, about two little girls that get uh, superpowers from a pantheon of gods they access through their apps on their phone and have to save their world and and uh, also deal with the death of their father and uh, book did really good for us again um, you can't it was once again in that age range we want to appeal to the uh, the young adults the middle grade readers and and the kids it's another win of a book right there uh, yeah again a book that you can just pick up and show to anyone and you like it it's again very easily accessible and um, so with uh, Claudia and Rex, that was sort of was that was sort of like your guys' first sort of superhero book, um, like. And then uh, that was sort of a question I had for you was if uh, sort of like your love for classic comics, especially classic superhero comics, was that something that like when you founded Duño, you were like, okay, this is my chance now that I have this, I can do things like the heroic few and uh, nightmare and um, sorry nightmare and sleepy that kind of stuff like were those sort of in your back pocket well that's exactly what i wanted to do i had the heroic few forever because it's just based on that old sort of secret wars and and old captain america punch and iron man kind of stuff it, it was just meant to be good uh i guess you'd say heroic fun uh, yeah. because it just heroes being heroes without a lot of the darkness and uh and Cloudy and Rex was, it was really just a take on Shazam, uh, with two yeah. little girls and, and, and a few more gods than the, than the, uh, seven, I guess, or six that make up Shazam's pantheon. And, uh, Ulysses and them, Eric, both, you know, have young sisters and they wanted to do something for them. Uh, and, uh, the, the best thing in the world, you can have somebody uh, stand there in front of you and, and say, this reminds me of me and my sister or, or this was me and my sister growing up arguing and fighting with our mother. And, and it makes it an easy sell to moms too. Cause the mom gets superpowers in it eventually. So oh, nice. <laughs> not to give too much away. Yeah. Moms like that be included. <laughs> so you have a couple of, uh, you have a couple of more recent books. I know that we had Josh on to talk about uh, warm blood. That's, that's one of your, your more recent books. Uh, how did that book come to your attention? Well, Josh worked on a, a book we did called hunters with Paul Mayberry and Miguel Valderrama and uh, Ben Mara, Alexis Zirat. And uh, that was our final book that we did with magnetic and, and uh, their parent company lion forge and Josh had warm blood and it, it was sort of uh picking up uh, speed at webtoons at 25,000 plus followers now and it just seemed like a good good fit because uh we knew Josh uh uh we were used to sort of doing like he what he does with a lot of different collaborators mixed in and uh didn't seem like too big a stretch to just go ahead and do his next book just like we're doing Rob Cam's book after that uh work with people we know and, and enjoy working with yeah, I really, uh, I think one of the things that he did really well with that book with the, so many artists, uh, uh, I, I remember I complimented him. There was one scene where there was like, uh, there's kids having a sleepover and they heard something outside. And as they transitioned from going from inside to out the window, that's when the, the, art, uh, the art team changed. So it was like that transition of being warm and safe inside and then going 
through going outside and it was cold and dark like it was it was a really good use of like switching up and having so many artists on that book no you're right that's one of my favorite scenes and i didn't even pick up on what you mentioned uh during the podcast and i was like but that was sort of a neat uh neat thing that's exactly it. it's one of my favorite parts of the book and uh i didn't even notice that was a switch <laughs> of course I, I i was probably reading it uh you know how it is you read it a lot and uh i just really like you say i like the way he uses the different artists he mixes it together well and uh i think a lot of them appeal to that age range that's reading it too mm -hmm. they've got that perfect style for the youngsters is, what's your favorite part of like finding a book like that or finding a series um or I guess maybe even like, what's your favorite pro like favorite part of the process of publishing comics, if you have one? Uh, well, probably working with the writers and hearing their vision for it, and uh, the back and forth that goes on up to the production. And and uh, I've got a really great designer I've worked with recently. After Mike Chana Matuzak, who 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 uh, designed Warm Blood and. There's just a lot of uh, interesting stuff like what uh, Matt pointed out, that uh, facts and, and motivations that went into the book, that uh, being a comic book geek or comic book nerd is uh, just wonderful. It's, it's yeah. you know how it is, nothing beats being there at the bakery, uh, you know, first thing in the morning to get the first donut that rolls off the, off the aisle. It's just, it, it's a lot of fun learning the process of making comics because everybody everybody loves stan lee and i love the idea of doing what stan lee does even if it's just a tiny little bit you know the writing and the so you get to sort of go through those processes and and you can relate maybe a little bit more to the people that that did this before us when yeah. you when you sit down to to read a book that's not one of your books for 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 entertainment are you able to turn that um baker's switch off and enjoy it or are you sort of enjoying it and going oh i i wonder how they did this or this could have possibly been done a different way how, how do you handle that well it depends how good it is for one thing if yeah. it's really good you're, you're just reading it and enjoying it and then you go back a second time and sort of take notes like wow like this is what i like this is what i didn't uh uh, sometimes you you wonder when because uh, comics is such a you know everything goes so fast every mm -hmm. month there's so much new stuff sometimes it's fun to sort of analyze could you have done this differently and there's a lot of stuff in the in the direct market that I think just hurts it, it books that really are great sometimes don't get a chance uh, mm -hmm. because there's competing against so much and and i think it uh i would never say i enjoy a, a book less knowing more uh sometimes with film it's that way because you can sort of pinpoint why they're doing things and but with books it's a little different uh it's it, really good you're in, all the way into it and if it's not you're trying to think of ways that uh maybe it could have been a little better here and there but it's uh it's just a wonderful process to experience because I, I there's a lot goes into it that most people uh, don't know. And uh, a lot of look like the book designers and, and the editors and everybody puts so much work into it that uh, uh, that finished product is the trophy, I guess. 
Matt, if uh, if you have uh, do you have any more questions about like uh, pr- pr- printing uh, and uh, publishing stuff? Because um, um, I'll, I'll I'll hold off on my question if you have any more questions there. Uh, I guess maybe just uh, I have uh, maybe like one or two sort of uh, in the the business of it. Um, uh, I guess maybe for somebody that would want to to bring a property to you, what would be sort of a good way to to present that, or uh, you know, what are sort of some some tips or or hints or that you can give somebody that was looking to to pitch uh, pitch a publisher. Well, uh, every publisher has their submission guidelines and every publisher, if, even if they say they don't accept submissions, they accept submissions. You just have to know who to ask. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's sort of how our company is. We don't have it up there, but if you know us, you can submit to us. Always understanding that we're, we're shooting for that book trade, the middle grade reader and, and young adult stuff like Dark Horses or like the Vault and Scout are looking for different things like Aftershocks looking for image. Uh, is the home of indie sort of like indie films, indie comics. And, uh, and then you got so many other people and they all have their own specific submission guidelines. It's always good to look at them and uh, sort of see what they're publishing comps or everything as you will find in book trade and the direct market. Now, as it's moving more towards the book trade, what is it comparable to what's this book like? And uh, that's what they all want to know. It's all about the, the, the details and how they can sell it. And uh, more and more, it's about writing about something that publisher, uh, you know, will find interesting and, 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 and is in their wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And two, it helps if you know somebody there. <laughs> more than anything. Yeah. Okay. So th- I guess maybe this would be my last uh, sort of publisher side uh, question. Um, how difficult or how long did it take for you to 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 get into to the diamond catalog and then once you got into the diamond catalog are there um i mean there's so much stuff in there monthly um you know it, it's got to be difficult to, to to get eyes especially you know with so much of it being dedicated to sort of like the the big two and then after that you're going to have your your images and your IDWs. So I guess maybe like getting in and then the, the challenges of, of getting eyeballs. Well, it's a two way street. Uh, Diamond, if you've got a book, they'll look at it. Uh, you just have to get it in front of the, the right guy and they'll say yes or no, we can sell this. And then it's really up to you to take that diamond number and retail it on out there. Now I'm lucky. I work with a book trade distributor out of uh, Minneapolis. You mentioned in the beginning Ingram consortium. Uh, they do Koyama, uh, no brow distribute a lot of those big time indie comic folks. So they treat diamond like it's just another vendor. So we're in there. We, we get the, always try to get the ad. We didn't do it this time. Uh, because everything got sort of, we got into the, we got into Ingram's catalog light. Uh, we were one of the last publishers. I accepted new publishers for this year. And uh, the best thing to do is uh, just submit to Diamond. They will take it. And then you get on the phone with every retailer you can. And uh, uh, the Diamond is a little bit picky. I mean, as you guys have read previews, I'm sure you can see what they take. If it looks mm-hmm. good and it's quality and they think they can sell a thousand units you know you can get in there and if you can say hey these retailers back me uh these customers of yours will buy this product (laughs) 
okay, <laughs> it's always yeah. good to know too. But Diamond's got their submission guidelines up there, and they're not they're not ex, you know exceedingly tough to figure out. I once got ice cream into Walmart, uh, Ben and Jerry's, and if you've seen Walmart's, you know to get be a vendor for them. If, it's like I always say, if I can figure that out, you can figure out anything. <laughs> yeah. But, Diamond's pretty simple, three forms, I think. And there's always, like I said, there's other little distributors out there. There's, there's a, if you guys have probably seen it, SPX, you know, you got uh, uh, John, I think it's Porcelino out of uh, Minneapolis he, or out of somewhere in the great Northwest who distributes uh, zines and books and uh, gentleman out of San Francisco. I can't think of it, but there's, there's a lot of little distributors and, and, uh, once again, if you've got the customers backing you, Diamond will probably carry it. Awesome. Okay. All right. No, so that's the oh, last sorry. of my that's the last of my uh, business questions. So we we, we can uh, we can move over to to the books if you want. Yeah, I was just asking because mainly I'm afraid of always derailing the conversation and going way off topic because my my, my I'm, I'm very ADD <laughs> that way. But uh, I actually had one more question about distribution off of. The diamond stuff. Do you handle the? Do you guys do Comicsology as well with Buno? We have a Comicsology account. Uh, we've got a bunch of other digital accounts that Ingram Consortium take care of, and then we've okay. got a Comicsology account, which uh, is probably not up to date at this time. But uh, you guys reminded me I need to probably get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, it doesn't have warm. It doesn't have warm blood. I know that much. Yeah, I was wondering about that because I've been I've been using Comixology a lot during the quarantine, um, and uh, yeah, I'm always curious about how people handle that as well. Um, but yeah, my questions now, yeah, about writing, um, especially about like the heroic few and, and Nightmare and Sleepy. Um, or are, are since you're a fan of the the Marvel like of Marvel comics, do you write Marvel method or do you write full scripts uh, for your comics? Uh Typically, I just do a, a, a script, uh, even though I'm looking to do more Marvel method with people I've worked with uh, uh, more consistently. Um, you get to know them so well, you can sort of know whether you can trust them with everything or, you know what I, I'm saying with that. If you work with somebody enough, you, you sort of know what notes they need and what they don't. Yeah. And do you... Uh... So with uh, like Nightmare and Sleepy and with uh, the Heroic Few, uh, how did you find the artists for those? I know Matt, Matt on the Heroic Few, he's a, he's a huge name in indie comics now. Um, was he big then when you guys worked on that comic? Well, Ulysses had uh, used him to do some character design stuff, uh, some superhero stuff, and it was just beautiful like everything he does. And uh, Ulysses, uh, whatever project it was, it, it wasn't going to be uh, worked on anytime soon. So I snuck in there and uh, was going to do a try and do a 12 issue at a time comic. And uh, Matt, of course, ended up doing his other stuff. So I uh, was lucky to get him for the 12 pages I got him for. And, and now uh, Brandon Hendricks has sort of picked up the reins and is uh, 24 pages into our uh big uh 48 page number one that's going to come out uh and we're going to put the the 12 pages matt did in that oh so that'll be have, awesome so it'll have his 12 then 24 by brandon and then a bunch of other fun junk in it uh, pinups like pinups and origins and uh sort of who's who commentaries and and the heroic few's got annotations in it and it'll have those comics explained in the comic covers in that 
Oh, that'll be great. Yeah, I love that part of that comic. It's uh, it's really fun. It's a great throwback. Um, but also at the same time, you're you're creating a new story out of these old characters, which I like, or these homages, which I, I really respect and really appreciate that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, of course, Matt's art is just so kinetic and uh, detailed and uh, really fun. Yeah, he, he had a lot. And then Dan Lee colored it and lettered yeah. it. And uh, Dan's colors look great on that uh, over the top of Matt's work. I'm sure Matt and uh, uh, Dan uh, both, I was lucky. And Dan's still coloring the next one. Brandon Hendricks is doing it. Brandon's just turning in some great pages for that, uh, which really carry it on. And Brandon's a big superhero guy. So uh, he's having a great time. <laughs> that's awesome i can't wait to read that then i was i was i was hoping that uh if we if spx was happening i'd be able to pick up that that issue this year yeah uh, i guess it gives us me and him more time to <laughs> to get it right i was yeah. really hoping i'd have spx because uh that's by far the most fun convention and uh by sell by far for me the best book selling convention so it is it's it's one of my definitely up there at my favorite uh, conventions uh, i'm really gonna miss it this year and uh with uh the next book uh that i love by yours is um nightmare and sleepy and how did you discover these two characters because you've described uh, these characters before and there's even like a footnote at the beginning but how did you find uh find out about these characters you know somebody posted one of the old comics uh online uh I don't know if it was, you know, one of those many either internet groups. And uh, I, I was like, Nightmare and Sleepy, these are about the two of the coolest costumes I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody needs to do something with them. And I posted on Instagram, I'd really like to do a story about these guys. And Andrew Hahn, who was the artist, said, I'll draw it. And of course, wow. you, you both know you never turn down an artist when they offer to draw something. Uh, of course he got paid and everything for it but when he offered i i took him up on it and really just wanted to do a throwback story that that read like it might be from that time uh some other people have used the character and done trippier versions more more underground probably a little cooler uh versions but uh this was sort of my thought when i read them to to uh and hopefully i'll get to do more stories with them eventually that would be great. Yeah, I love these characters. I love the comic. Again, great throwback. And you're right, the, the character designs are really cool. And uh, I'm wondering, have you read any of uh, uh, of like uh, Bone Boy um, from Jeff Lemire, like a part of that like Black Hammer uh, I have universe? Not read, I'm surprised I haven't read Black Hammer because I've read so much of Jeff's stuff, uh, starting with Sweet Tooth and uh, Underwater Welder, but... Uh, I have yeah, not the, read uh, Black Camera. I need to catch up on that one. Um, Bone Boy uh, is definitely, I think, is sort of it, it's 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 combining a lot of like Batman and Punisher. But I think with the the dynamic of the characters, like there there's a like there's a there's a guy and there's a boy, and they they look exactly like Nightmare and Sleepy almost, um, just with more skeleton themed costumes. So I, I would well, I'd be interested to find out if there's an inspiration there as well. I wouldn't be surprised because they're, they're more known than you know how it is. They're in all the obscure comic books. Like look at this weird hero or weird fifties hero books and, and stuff. And I was a little surprised I hadn't heard of them before I did. Uh, 
but once I once I did, I I knew that was uh, two I could have fun with. Yeah, and they're in the within the public domain, or are they? Uh, yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. Uh, them and a couple others are uh, had just dropped in the public domain about that time. So, uh, and you know, there I, I there's not a bad superhero in my mind. They're just sometimes poorly written i remember kurt busiek sort of chiding me about that like no they're not all they're not all good no matter <laughs> how much confidence you may have as a writer and uh, i sort of always disagree with them a little bit on that i think everybody has their place in these weird uh, stories and guys like grant morrison and alan moore they've always sort of been able to show you yeah there is a way to throw this this weird little kitschy character in here and make it work yeah exactly yeah and that's that's always a great challenge as an artist right you know to find that to, to have that challenge almost of that you know to have someone like kurt Busiek say um you know there are you know there are superheroes that you can't do anything with you know do you find to be inspired by statements like that to sort of be like well i could do something like that well i think kurt probably sort of agreed with me when he said that, but it was like, you're not always, you know, or he may have been saying that the, the best way to twist a character always in to make them more violent and gory, uh, oh, yeah. I think might've been part of it too. Uh, but I think when people say that, uh, there's, it can be done. It, it just depends on the audience. And I think the great thing about comic audiences nowadays is you find that, uh, there's, bigger and deeper wells in it than people would have ever guessed. Uh, Jim Ruggs and the Ben Maras uh, have found that out. Fanagraphics has known that for years. Uh, um, you know, Gilbert Shelton and Robert Crumb weren't the only weirdos. You know, people, a lot of people loved Harvey Picard stuff. And there's a lot of wells in, in comics for uh, a little bit of everything. You know? yeah. There's not many subjects you can't do well in a comic book, if any. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, we, we we talk about on this show that we've had very few superhero creators, like superhero comic writers on this podcast. We have people like uh you know, who write books like Warm Bloods, that kind of thing, more than more than not. Like you're one of like three people we've had on here that's actually written a superhero book. Uh because it's yeah, it's a it's a medium of storytelling. It's not just superheroes. And uh um and it's if even if it was just superheroes, all the stories you can tell of superheroes are amazing. So it's like, yeah, there's just no limit to what can be told. That's sort of it. And it, as you can imagine, uh, the old saying, everything's been done already, but not everybody's read everything that's been done. So you can introduce your audience to new stuff. Yeah, That's the fun part, like Nightmare and Sleepy. I, I guarantee uh, there's two, three dozen people who, who've come up to me at cons and, and the first thing they say is, I wish I'd found it first. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd never heard of it until you told me about it at Small Press Expo. And I was like, yeah, sign me up right then and there. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's too cool. Too cool not to love. Exactly. And especially since the whole part about uh, uh, one of the issues where the guy summons him with the pipe, smokes the pipe, and he comes out of the smoke of the yeah, pipe. I love that. And, I'm like, come on now. Who? What were they smoking? Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's perfect for modern times. Yeah. 
Was that, so that was an actual image from an old comic that's in yours or was that? Well, not an actual image, but it's an actual thing that happened. It was only 10 issues long and okay. uh, they changed him considerably from issue to issue, uh, or at least the ones I read. Uh, you can get, there's a collected version on Amazon uh, of the, the, the few issues he was in, but by the end, he's wearing a completely different costume, almost like a cheap Batman ripoff, and he mm -hmm. is summoned by his private investigator pal with the, uh, the, the pipe or cigar. That's wow. amazing. That's, I love that image. Yeah, on the last page. It's so cool. Yeah, edit, I'm not sure what the editors were thinking when they made that switch from <laughs> going from a, a wrestler and his sidekick to a to a, a, a tobacco summoned uh, superhero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you had mentioned earlier that you you have a couple of books uh, on the horizon, um, and uh, you had said that some of these had to be delayed just due to the to the state of the world. What are what? Uh, it's it's, a, it's the next book um, in the 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 light series, right? Uh, what's that one going to be called? Yeah, Lost. It's about uh, going with the L's again, but Lost is about the two uh, original characters from Light, uh, Backpacker and Tear, is the, the names I think the fans have given them, and uh, they end up in another dimension and, and must go their separate ways. Uh, before they can come back together and escape from this uh, dimension. So it, it's about uh, how sometimes you have to let stuff go, but uh, usually it'll come back to you. Once again, a silent book where each, except the difference here is the uh, one page tells uh, a backpacker story and the opposite page will tell a tear story and you sort of read both at once. Oh, that's, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's interesting. And like Noah said, it's a, uh, it's a medium for storytelling. Um, and that's, uh, a, you know, a, a way to use the, the, the physical book with a, with a left facing page and, and a right facing page. So that, that's, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. And it's got some digital distortion in it too, which I think will throw some people where, uh, it takes a, a way different turn artistically in there to, uh, to create some danger for the characters. And you fellas know from the first book, he does a wonderful job of monsters and obstacles, uh, taking up whole pages. And uh, it, it changed, it, it's got a different sort of look to it at points, but it's same, everything else is pretty much the same too, a same uh, size and, and single, pa single page, uh, uh, as a panel format very cool very and cool. it also won the national book award in the philippines it Man. Was also so that was my question was this time around were you able to see the book at different points in its process or did it come to you completed again like the first book uh ulysses got to see it as he was writing it uh, okay. but i didn't uh and no this one came to me complete but he's working on the third one now and uh I, I am sort of uh, getting to see his process and that it, it, it's slow because he's like most people likes to be inspired by the story and, and, uh, uh, and likes to, has to make money doing other things sometimes in between, uh, yeah. Rob Cam's just, he's, he's, a, one of the best in the Philippines and, and in the world. He really is. He, he's one of the, he's got a big following there and hopefully we can keep building it here. Yeah. That's awesome.
Very cool. And uh, I guess maybe one of the other books that's, uh, you know, coming from you is, is another book from, from Josh. Is that correct? Well, we're going to do a warm blood volume two or, or uh, we haven't really seen the sales on this one, but everything keeps going the way it is. We're going to try and do uh, the next couple of volumes of warm blood. And then we've got a, another project I can't talk about because the contracts aren't signed, which is just, I think it's going to be an amazing book. It's uh sci-fi and uh i can probably tell you guys about it in the near future but uh i think it's it's going to be a lot bigger book uh, 300 plus pages and oh wow uh really great fun sci-fi story uh and then of course the heroic few the the 48 pager uh comic i've got coming out uh of course it's it's going to be uh distributed only by us but that'll be out also soon this year Will that be in the same size as the first issue, like that? Those dimensions, or are you going to do it at a more like regular uh, comic? It's size? just going to be a regular comic size. Okay. Yeah. I, I've I've got some more of the little ones coming out. One called Rambulance, about a, a an ambulance and an apocalypse that well rams things. Nice. <laughs> and and, and uh, sort of my I've got a Voyager verse, a vehicle verse, or like Mad Max, all these weird instead of kaiju. Uh, I call them Cardu, uh, the uh, one's Rambulance, another sort of a Night Rider takeoff, and another's an Airwolf. So hopefully those all be out in the next couple, couple, uh, well, next year or two, not a couple months, like I wanted to say, because I've sort of postponed some stuff with no conventions. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this is a deep cut question and a reference to that Rambulance thing. Is that the ambulance driver during the apocalypse, is that all a reference to George Miller being an ambulance like a doctor or like, I guess an ER doctor? Well, it's definitely influenced by George. Uh, I can't say that would have been a conscious decision though. It, it, it was a little bit influenced by old uh, cannonball run where they're the, uh, they're in the ambulance trying to race across country. And uh, it's like, uh, I needed a, I needed a Mothra for my, my voice, my vehicle verse, you know, who's the healer. Yeah. It's easy to, it's easy to come up with a Godzilla, uh, and something <laughs> like that, but who, who, who heals them when they're all broken up. And, uh, it's a Andrew Hahn who did nightmare and sleepy, uh, oh, nice. drew it. And I've just got to do some edits on it. I, I channel, tried to channel Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise and it, that didn't necessarily work in comic book format. It's, uh, I'm there. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, so you write, you write in like almost uh, every cool genre that there is like sci-fi superheroes. Um, you mentioned Westerns earlier. Is there, are there any other genres that you've not written in that you'd well, like to tackle? Well, you know, I did rhythm, man. I don't know if you've read that. The uh, mm-hmm. one I did about chick Webb out of Baltimore, uh, the jazz drummer died tragically way too young of tuberculosis of the spine, but uh, uh, just stories I've wanted to tell you guys know how it is. You lay in bed at night and if a story sticks with you for a week, eventually you probably want to write it. Uh, mm-hmm. If it's something that just comes and goes, you're like, yeah, it must not have been that good. But if it's something that sticks with you and I'm trying to be more centered, the, the stuff I'm pitching now uh, to publishers is uh, very much more kids lit middle grade reader, young adult, uh, stuff like that. Um, in the fantasy genre and uh 
then I can do my mini comics on the side, which can just be any old thing I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I like the little mini It's important comics. to do one thing well. Yeah. But it, you know how it is agents and, and the big publishers, they want to see you, you, you build an audience with one type of book. And I guess typecasting is real in a way, but it's not a bad thing either. Because uh, if you can do one thing well, like Gene Yang, uh, they'll let you write Superman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you, I, I think you hinted at this, that there was a couple of things that you had had plans to, to, to get out, but you kind of have on hold. And this is sort of, you know, the, the world of comics as, you know, every aspect of life has been sort of touched by the, the, the pandemic of, of COVID-19. Um, so are you sort of, uh, with some of these projects, just sort of holding on to them to, to wait to see, you know, when publishing picks up at the, at its full pace and then, and then dive back in, um, this is, is that your, your process now? Yeah, it, it has to be mainly cause, uh, the comic book stores are being closed. Uh, I released warm blood and, and it's done thankfully well because we do have international worldwide dis distribution. The books, the books getting everywhere at once. Uh, but without the comic book stores being open, uh, that's always going to be tough when you're doing graphic novels. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're such a big, big staple and, and, and it's great. People need to get out and support their local comic stores during this time because, uh, we need them for the industry and the future of the industry. Uh, bookstores are great. Uh, but, um, comic book stores are there just for comics. They, they deserve a little extra love, I think. Yeah, I agree Definitely. with you. Um, well, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm done. I'm out of, actually, I think I'm out of questions, but I'll, I'll turn it over to Noah in case he has any, any more as we finish up here. Oh, right. Well, thanks. Uh, I think, uh, I think I'll save the rest of my questions for when we can come on and talk about uh, Lost and your other books that are coming out. It'd yeah. be great to have you back on because I do love yeah. talking to you and love hearing about your stories and everything, man. Oh, well, thanks. I got plenty of them and uh, I'd love to come back on and talk about Lost because that's going to be our next uh, uh, big book. And uh, like I said, Rob just does amazing work and I was so lucky that that was the first book we put out. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you you have a you have an open invite at any time uh, you want to come back and, and talk. And as Noah said, tell us those cool stories about how you uh, you offered your taxi cab to, to somebody and that uh, that nice gesture of, uh, uh, you know, being being a good guy and, you know, offering a taxi ride uh, kind of worked out and got you uh, got you, uh, you know, another writing gig and you were able to learn some things so i really love stories like that yeah your life is an awesome mini comic or just a full-size comic so you need to yeah i love hearing your stories I, well i've been working on some autobiographical comics i tell you the guy the folk the men and women uh, that do those and the the folks that do those uh they're brave because it's tough it's tough yeah. to go back even even positive stuff it's sometimes you don't you don't understand uh uh till you actually do go back and try to write about it but i've, I've got some stuff like that eventually coming out so uh oh cool plenty of, plenty of stories go around man that's awesome i love that you're like a, a well of stories too man that's just really great 
do you do you keep like a notebook with you everywhere you go just to jot ideas down or how do you how do you keep, keep these i wish ideas? i really do wish if it's sometimes i know i gotta write it down but uh thankfully i have a good enough memory where like i said if it's really good i can sometimes i have to work to remember it but i can usually uh it usually come back to you eventually right yeah that's my last question. I know, like that, because that was opening. Like when you said, like, oh, you got autobiographical stories. That opened a whole other can of worms for me. So, but yeah. uh, well, I'll save it for when you come back on. Definitely, definitely. Wait till uh, till I get one or two of those mini comics out. Because uh, I do believe, like George Saunders said, sometimes it's best not to talk about it. Yeah, uh, you don't want to lose any energy for it. And, uh, uh, Would not want that. No, we don't. We don't need that. It's hard enough to get it done. You guys know you make comics. Oh, yeah, and I, I've read some of them. They're fun. They're good. And uh, it takes all. It takes a lot of energy. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks. Thanks for thanks for for coming on. Uh, you know, unfortunately, if if things were going well, we would probably have seen you uh, next weekend in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, at Heroes Con. But oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this this will have to suffice for now just talking uh online and on the podcast uh but uh as we close up can you let folks know where they can find you and your books online yeah uh on instagram it's storm s-t-o-r-m-e smith b bunyo b-u-n-o so at storm smith bunyo and then twitter at storm smith s-t-o-r-m-e uh s-m-i-t-h and uh otherwise uh we're at bunyobooks.com and Very cool. There. And thanks for having me on, guys. I always enjoy talking to you. And uh, uh, sadly, we won't be able to see each other at Heroes Con or SBIT. Those are definitely uh, two of the best uh, best places to hang out and talk comics. That's for sure. Yeah, my two favorites. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully next year. Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be tough to keep Shelton from putting one on two years in a row. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. All right. Well, well, thanks again. Um, so if anybody listening could give us a rating and review on whatever podcasting service you use, we'd really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, um, you can follow us at on Twitter at Construct Pod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod. Facebook and YouTube is Constructing Comics. We'll have links to Storm uh, and, and Munoz's uh, social media in the show notes for this episode. Uh, Thanks for everybody for joining us. Uh, Everybody be safe and uh, be nice to each other and go out and make some comics.